Welcome to Talks with Petrisol. I'm your host Petri. Today we have a serial entrepreneur and angel investor Niels Posmo with us from Sweden. Welcome, Niels. Thank you. Do I see your sauna in the background? Yeah, it's. Uh, I work out of my cabin that I have here close to my house, so I have have this as my office and sauna. So you were just prepared to everything, you know, what's happening in the world, in the, in the, in the Europe at the moment. So you're already sort of in the hiding. Yeah, not really. It's, um, I live quite close to, to Stockholm, but my wife is a bit of a prepper. So we are, we're, we're quite prepared. Why should you leave as a co-founder early in the company? company's growth? Uh, good question. Um, I think uh, I mean, companies have uh, a different stages. So you have the scale up phase, you have the, the uh, sorry, you have the product market fit phase, then you have the scale up phase, and then you have sort of a maintain phase. And uh, I think for each phase uh, requires different skill sets. Um, and for me, uh, I think I, I excel at the, the first phase, the scale up, the product market fit phase. Uh, and it is a totally different type of people that are good at when you're scaling up. Uh, it's more about, uh, as a founder uh, or, or a management, it's more about building a management team and, and, and taking the things that you have discovered in the product market fit phase uh, and just doing more of the sa same. Uh, so I think for me in my companies, I, I, this is something I learned that, the, I really enjoy the, the first part. That's where, where my talents are best uh, put. Um, it's also, I'm very driven by like learning new things. So it's really what keeps me happy. So, uh, and, and that first phase is really a lot, a lot about learning, uh, about the, the domain, about the company uh so uh yeah that's uh and m many founders they don't uh they they think that they have to stay too long that it's in the interest of the the company uh but uh if you're good at knowing when to leave and you you design the the organization for it uh it might actually be be good for the company to uh, to leave early uh if it's uh yeah, you shouldn't just leave uh, out of the blue, but uh, you should plan for it. If it, if that's it, can take take a year or something like that. Yeah. I also understood that um, you still hold the stocks in the company, so you're not actually exiting. You're just uh, scaling yourself uh, off from the company and let other people take take your position, and and then you move on. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, the the companies that I've uh, co-founded, I mean, they're it's still my baby, and I still care about them. And uh, I, uh, so even though my my la latest company Tessin, we have we IPO'd a year ago, I still hold those shares, um, and uh, I still work there a few days a week, uh, and um, uh, I think. Like you, like I, I, I try to work so that 
like titles are not that important. So I don't have to be the CTO, the CMO, or like I, I uh, as a founder, you have still quite a lot of influence. So uh, right now I'm, for example, not part of the management team or the board or anything like that, but I'm still hang around and uh, help out with, uh, with questions and stuff, but, but uh, gradually moving over to uh, my next project. It's called Filestar. And you went also to Product Hunt with that. I think that was late last year and you were so excited about it. Can you tell something, you know, how it went and, and what's, what, is, what is the latest company you're having? Yeah, so, uh, so, so Filestar is a, uh, it's a file automation uh, software. I, I, uh, it's very different from the companies I, I co-founded previously. Uh, those companies were re- very Sweden-based. Um, the customers were in Sweden or in the Nordics. Uh, so I wanted to do something more software-based uh, and international. Uh, and I wanted to build a SaaS company. Um, and I've also be, I always been a, like a productivity nerd. So I, I really like those type of software, uh, like uh, Zapier and, and Airtable and things. And um, I have... Uh, really wanted to have something similar to Zapier, but oriented around files where... Can you explain to people what is Zapier or IFTTT, if they stand that? Yeah, so it's it's uh, it's an automation software. Uh, you can build, uh, without any programming skills, you can build uh, flows. So based on a trigger, for example, when you receive uh, your up, uh, file is uploaded to uh, Google Drive, you can then have that as a trigger and automatically maybe send an email or uh, yeah, do something else. Uh, send it to Slack, for example. A lot of uh, flows that I built in Zapier has, uh, is based on Slack. Um, so uh, yeah, you can very easily uh, automate things um, and uh, without any coding skills. and. You know, coding is, is usually quite expensive. So with Zapier, you can try out uh, pretty advanced uh, flows uh, if you are testing some new idea for some kind of growth hack or something like that. Um, it, it's very easy to do with Zapier, and then when it matures, and and you can then you can decide to to, uh, to code it yourself. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I was really inspired by by that. And uh, Zapier is is 100% cloud based. It's, it, the triggers are always something that happens outside of your computer. Uh, but I wanted something similar to um, uh, to that, but based on on really what happens on your computer uh, and and more centered around files. So uh, the idea started uh, with. Um, uh, the ambition to that you should be able to just select the file and then as easy as possible just tell the computer do this with the file so it could be like a conversion or compression or split merge uh, transform or anything like that um, uh, and and then when you have th- that uh, you should also be able to to piece together skills into similar to Zapier into flows so let give let me give you an example that um, uh, in Firestar, you can say, I have a PDF and I want it to uh, sp- split up uh, the PDF in, in separate pages. Um, 
but then now you can also build what we call a recipe. So you can split it up and then you can say, then zip it up and then send it as an email. Uh, and that is a recipe and the recipes are like, we try to keep it very simple. Um, you mentioned IF, if this and that, which is a very similar service to Zapier, which is like Zapier can, can become quite complicated. It's a lot of, uh, it, 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 you have to have some, uh, some like, quite a lot of computer skills still to really fully utilize uh, Zapier. But if this and that is similar, but it's very, a lot simpler. It's like one trigger and one action. And we, we try to design file stars to be very similar uh, to if this and that. Very simple, uh, like my mother should be able to use it. It should be very intuitive. The interface grows with, uh, with how you use it. So if you are more advanced user, the, the, the interface grows. Um, and uh, so, so you know, when you build these recipes, which is really like just a flow of skills, um, then you can tie it to different uh, automation processes. So you can, for example, create a like a smart uh, shortcut on your desktop. So you just drop the file that you want to do uh, on that uh, icon. You can create a smart folder um, that when you just drop the file in the folder, it will like do those steps. So if you drop a PDF, it will then for that recipe split up and uh, do those actions that you want to take. We're working on some really cool, a cool feature where you can actually create a smart printer. So um, if you have, for example, like really why I design it is, is uh, well, I created that software. It's, it's a software that I want myself uh, that usually tends to become a, a good product. Um, and uh, what I really hate with entrepreneurship uh, is uh, handling my receipts. Oh, you mean uh, the expense receipts? Yeah, expense receipts. And especially if you're like, I, I used to be the CMO at uh, Tessin and you have this uh, company uh, like marketing credit card. Everything today is uh, credit card based. So you have like Google ads transactions and uh, Facebook transactions and um, yeah, you name it. It, it could be like uh, 50, 80 receipts that you have to uh, uh, hunt down. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, and I, I hate it, at least in Mac, when, when you have a, you know, long receipt and it doesn't actually make it like A4, it's just like, you know, weirdly just merging those two pages together. And, and when you see them in preview yeah. and stuff and, and they always not in, in line and aligned and whatnot. So, yeah, yeah so, it's a mess. Uh, so uh, I mean, nowadays it's, it's a little bit easier because most accounting software, you just send in like email in the receipt. Uh, and then uh, you have to, in the software, you have to match it to the right uh, line item, but, uh, but still you have to log into the, uh, to example, Facebook, find the receipt and uh, then download it as a PDF and then create an email and then upload again. It's, it's, it's still too many, uh, too few, uh, too many steps. So, the funny uh, thing is that, sorry to interrupt, um, I think uh, IFTT is using Stripe as their payments, but you know, the same, it's the same thing with them. I, I don't think I can do, I haven't, I think I checked, but I couldn't, you know, I have to go to the, their website every time they send me an email, I have to go there, I have to find, okay, is it the invoice or the receipt, and I have to click it, and I have to put it there every month. 
I, I kind of just, you know, they just cannot put it to the right folder immediately. So, you know, yeah, I, I think I need IFTT and your product in order to do that. Yeah. Well, with my product, you will be able to um, to go to the receipt and, and just print it out. And instead of printing it out, it would actually uh, create a PDF and send it to your your um, the email of your accounting software so it's a a, a little bit easier um i'm re removing a few steps um so, that, so that's really what filestar is it's, it's um uh it's an automation software based around the things you need to do with files um apple is by the way doing with shortcuts uh, really good yeah. stuff as well so you can do amazing stuff with your mobile phone if, if you know how to do it it's actually quite a complex stuff you can do yeah um, on, uh, uh, the, the only thing which is missing i'm missing at least in, is in the mac os or the computer side is that you cannot do some some automations like time-based or trigger-based you can only manually trigger them at this point and, and that's sort of a down well you have the the previous uh, the successor uh yeah. the successor the, the the they had uh, automator uh um, yeah automator which yes. can do some really advanced stuff yeah with and i'd cron, say uh, five star is very similar to automator um no. and uh but we're, we're actually porting uh five star to mac as right that's what we're doing right now uh so uh, we'll we'll compete with them um and i say our edge is going to be uh that we're going to be more file centered so we, we're gonna like we support over 800 file types right now we have uh, like 60,000 different skills so we will um so you're going back to will... the 70s what do you mean <laughs> uh, i mean that you know really like the commodore 64 files <laughs> uh yeah but you know you know that every year it's there's new file types invented uh, so a lot of the files that we, that our customers ask us to support are file types that are invented like last five years. Um, like hike, for example, is a very, uh, is a file format that, uh, Apple decided to, uh, store, uh, the camera photos in. No. And, uh, for a long time, it was very difficult to, to convert them. Um, so, and, and, uh, uh like. Uh, and another thing, I hope you'll do that. If not, this is an official request. Uh, um, whenever you do recording, just uh, with a QuickTime Pro, for example, just a quick thing you can do with Mac with, with the software, you know, all, all the computers come with. Uh, you hit the recording with the video, it, it will be a MOV file. Mm. And you don't want to send MOV file because that's basically Mac thing. So you want to send it as an MP4 file mm. uh, as the container. and. I still haven't found an easy way to just do that simple conversion. Well, then you have Filestory. We we support MOV and MP4. Um, you have to wait though until the Mac uh, version is uh, released. Uh, it's going to be released in a few weeks. Uh, but yeah, that's something that we you can uh, you can create a smart folder and then anything you drops in that will be converted into MP4. And uh, if you have a, always send it to the same email address, you can configure that as well. So yeah, the file so, story is the product for you. <laughs> so how did you, how did you start the marketing side of things? You went to product hunt and uh, how do you make people to know that it's existing and uh, what's the strategy growth hacking side of things? Yeah, I mean, uh, 
uh, I've been interested in growth hacking for for a long time, uh, and uh, like we we did done a lot of things for in previous startups around the. Yeah, you've been doing this like a 15, 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we we should probably go a bit further. Uh, also back uh, later on, on this episode, so people understand that this is not your first ride. Yeah, uh, sure. Um, but uh, now in terms of growth hacking for Filestar, we've done. Uh, it's I have a, a quite uh, long background in in uh, in SEO, uh, search engine optimization. I created a tool called SEO Tools for Excel. Dot um, com. Dot com. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a tool for growth hacking, but. It, uh, but uh, it's based on uh, it's a plugin for Excel, so uh, an Excel is really useful for um, for uh, if you have like you don't have the the programming skills, but you're you're kind of technical. You can you're good at Excel. Then there's a lot of things you can do in, in, when you work operational with uh, growth hacking. It's it's kind of it can become kind of data intense. Um, Especially uh, SEO is is uh, there's a lot of uh, massaging data uh, back and forth. So Excel is really good as a tool for that. Um, but anyway, uh, with the background of cr- having creating that tool, uh, a lot of my like digital marketing skills is based on on, on SEO. So I, I I like to to have that as a component in my growth engine. Um, and, uh, so file story really is like part of the business ideas is the, the, the concept of, of a skill. So, uh, let's say a simple skill could be like convert, uh, a mov to MP3. Uh, and so for each of the skills that we have, we of course have a landing page with this gear to or someone searching for that. Um, so yeah, we have fifty thousand of these landing pages, and um, so we've we've cr- made it very simple to uh, to create the skills as just like production wise uh, and distribute it. So when we we just push that code into our system, we automatically create um, the landing page. We create a, a screenshot of the, the that that actual feature being used. Uh, we create automated uh, YouTube videos. So with code, we create YouTube videos um, with music and logos, and uh, wow. it looks like a person is uh, is using that actual tool. And and YouTube is actually like I think it still is the the second largest search engine in the world. Um, so we get loads of traffic from YouTube, just people searching for like how do I rotate a uh, PDF or how do I uh, you know. So basically for sound. every, are you saying that for every feature and function you do, you make a video out of it or you just somehow select which ones? Or do, you, uh, do you need to do some kind of script, Excel script that, you know, this is what's going to happen or how do you, I'm just curious, how do you actually generate uh, So this? YouTube only allows you to upload five videos a day. So we're limited to that. So of course we've, we have analyzed like what are the, the, the most valuable keywords. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, if when we check in the the code into our system, it 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 hundred percent automatically created the video and uploads it. Um, so it's a it's a it's a simple video with uh, with music and uh, like a pre roll uh, with the logo, and then 
um, we kind of fake it so it looks like uh, somebody is using uh, Filestar. Uh, so it's it's really recording a real computer with the Filestar uh, software being used, but it's, the mouse is, is just triggered by a little mood with code. So yeah, it actually happens for real on a computer, but it's it's just screen recorded and and all done with code. Um, so uh, and and I mean it would be impossible for us to to be able to create. I think we I think we have one thousand five hundred videos now, and it would not be possible, or at least not very fun, to create those videos manually. Um, so we try to to automate as much as possible to to really you know, take the value out of the long tail. Um, so, uh, so yeah, that's part of the, like, the business model to really get a lot of, uh, cheap traffic, uh, for, I mean, uh, I did some initially some search, uh, analysis for like the keywords, uh, that are related to, um, to our business and, 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 and it's a huge market people that are searching for, for these type of, I mean, different conversions or simple things they want to do with the file. And for us, it's very easy to convince a person to uh, like, this is the way you should do it. We try to keep it very clean. Um, a lot of the comp competitions are like uh, shady uh, Russian, uh, you know, uh, online services with lots of ads and you don't know where your files are going or things like that. So, And what are you uh, getting? Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so uh, for for us, I mean, there's not uh, like a large brand that's taken this uh, this space yet, and we we are trying to be be that brand. Um, so yeah, we were talking about the growth hacks. Uh, I think I can also mention like we we've managed to uh, our skills. They actually market them themselves. So. Uh, uh, our AdWords accounts is fully automated as well. Uh, so they, if when I push in a, a, a new skill, it, it automat automatically creates a whole um, AdWords campaign just for that skill. And uh, so it's, we, we try to work very data-driven. Like also the skills that we select, we select to develop is uh, apart from customer feedback, we. Um, uh, we we base our our uh, backlog 100% on on just data that we can get from different sources. Um, yeah, I mean there's a bunch of cool things that we uh, that we do. Um, we also, uh, for example, we monitor uh, uh, 20 of the biggest blogs um, or or question and ask forums like Quora, for example. And if someone asks for something like, how do I do this? Uh, we have a monitor for that. And then, so we get noticed in, in Slack and then we can go in and, and that's a, a very, I mean, it's easy for us to get a lot of link, uh, link juice. Um, so yeah, uh, we have a bunch of, of different monitors for, for things so that we can react on. Um, if someone on Reddit says something like, how do I do this, uh, conversion from X to Y, and we, we maybe don't have it, uh, yet, but we can be really fast and, and, and create a solution and push it out. And in a few hours we can just rely, oh, we just added this. Um, and the software is, is, it's not a monolith. It's when you download file story, it's completely empty. 
and then based on what you used, we patch the the software. So it's it's you always have like your files always stays on your computer. It never leaves. It, all the processing is done on your computer, but the 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 software evolves as you use it, um, and uh, so it's very easy for us to to distribute the small packages with updates and. Uh, uh, it's a whole distribution engine in Bind. You mentioned earlier when we were discussing what we're going to talk about here today uh, that uh, you were chief marketing officer and CTO and you really think that these go together and it's it's like the early days of a startup and, and obviously, you know, what you just mentioned, it, it so nicely, you know, merges. So you need to do a bit of coding, you need to understand that part about the marketing is not separate. And I haven't heard and seen that too much that usually it's like there's a marketing and then there's the coding and sometimes they talk nicely to each other, but, you know, seldom they are the same person. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean... Marketing nowadays has evolved uh, to be very technical. Uh, if you want to excel at marketing, I mean, you, you still have all the traditional parts. You have to be, you have to have build a brand and, and that sort of thing. But just like the ad buying or just how to, like before you, you just like, uh, what do you call it? Uh, you just buy some ads and then hope for the best, right? But now no. with... Uh, uh, especially for startup, you can you can choose to focus on performance-based uh, marketing, where you can really uh, measure. So you only focus on marketing that you can measure in the beginning, because in the beginning as a startup, you you have so many choices of how to market yourself. So uh, it 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 if you if you choose the performance-based type of marketing, then you can build yourself a playbook. So if you like at testing, we, um, we we have tracked like every spent krona uh, exactly on like how much, uh, like what we, what did we get, what was the source, and and build up a whole whole database with with all our marketing uh, spending, and we can like for every click that ever clicked on something that we paid for, we can track did they invest in a real estate project or something, and then that data becomes very uh, valuable. Uh, you can use it for, uh, you know, if if the like the CEO says we have to do a big marketing campaign now because we need to you know achieve this, uh, then you get to go back to your playbook and just say okay we do some of that and some of that and some of that we don't do that, uh, and it's it's very it's it's easy to uh, to get the results that you like to predict the result in advance. So you know, you know how much uh, a new user costs, for example, and, and where like, uh, uh, what what kind of bang for the buck you get. And uh, it's, a, it's a huge help also when you are uh, negotiating, like some ads are still bought by negotiating with a salesperson or, or something like that. So just I think that's any 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 startup going into marketing just have the the idea of like tracking, put up a system to track every um, every spent krona down to the like last minute, and then as the company grows, then you can you know go beyond performance uh, based marketing. Um, but uh, yeah, as a small company, that's really really important. What's uh, your What's your take on the organic marketing versus uh, giving money to Facebook and Googles? 
in the beginning do you do you first need to experiment and test that it, it works and then you can boost it with with uh, pay with paid uh, it depends <laughs> depends on on the of course on the product that you're trying to market if you're lucky you have a, a business model that uh, benefits from from organic uh, uh, filestore for example uh, benefits a lot from uh, organic uh, we have, there's a lot of traffic a lot of keywords uh, and the keywords are not high value i mean some no, keywords can, can cost like uh, you know 100 dollars just to click for one click uh, they're really crazy keywords but uh, i i when i go into a new case or when i uh, advise other startups i say uh, that you you should be uh, op- be open minded you have um, maybe 50 different uh, tactics or channels that you can try to buy uh, so uh, and you should try to test each uh, channel as cheap as possible so maybe like for uh, for testing it we we were able to um, to test the channel channel f- with as uh, low as uh, 2000 euro and gather that data and that be enough to say if it's worth it or not so you should and you should not have like a so in the beginning we thought like Okay, so testing it's a it's a financial company, and we we work with uh, real estate investments, and we had a bias like I'm a Facebook, it's not gonna work. Like nobody's gonna like click on an ad on Facebook to invest in real estate. But but yeah, like just by just having the mentality of testing each of the the channels, uh, we figured out that Facebook actually is really good, and uh, um, so uh, and and. Nor uh, you all, you can't only focus on one channel. You have to have a mix of things. So if you if you spend uh, money on on adverts or on banners or any 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 uh, other uh, channels, that can boost your your organic side as well. So it's in in the end when you really analyze if you're good or not at it, you should uh, compare all your spending with all your results, and that's really the 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 end score but um yeah i mean or, the thing with organic uh, um, it can take quite a long time uh, so let's say you're going to start with with seo today you're not going to see the results tomorrow it can take uh, up to uh, six months or or even more uh, so it's something that you and and with so with that said uh, you should actually start with organic as soon as possible. Do maybe do make sure that your website is, is has what we call the on-page SEO. That is like uh, the search engines uh, can really crawl your whole website, and so you can gradually grow the 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 organic side. Uh, but it's not going to give you results immediately. But over time, it's going to be become a valuable asset. So make sure that you you start early. Uh, let's say you have an I- idea for for a new company, and, and you know, make sure you have the domain and have the domain out there. Just uh, put up something, <laughs> some kind of like a, we're soon we are gonna start this and have some some uh, article with a relevant keyword. Just like yeah, anything in SEO is is has to mature. 
What has changed when you started to check the SEO space? I think it was because of one of your projects and you, you need it. And then the, then the SEO tools for Excel came as yeah. a result of that as well. So what's working now? What's cutting edge now versus the, the things which were you working before? Because there's also been changes with Google, Apple, the privacy things. And, yeah. and, the, and the weighting has been changing with algorithms as well. Yeah. I mean, it has become a lot more difficult to, uh, to get good results in SEO. Uh, Google, of course, has their ambition to first that you, you should buy, preferably buy ads than, uh, uh, than just get free traffic. So, so they've changed their algorithm some and how they like where the ads are put and, and that changes uh, a lot of things. Um, there are also a lot of more competition, like all companies uh, trying to compete, uh, which makes it more difficult. Um, Google has become a lot better at like there's, uh, uh, you know, you have this white hat, black hat SEO, uh, and Google has become a lot better at, uh, um, you know, not giving credit to the, the, the shady tactics, uh, which I think is a good thing. They have done a lot of things that makes the web better, uh, I think. Um, so, uh, so yeah, and I, I have always, I've never been very interested in uh, in the black side of, of SEO because the 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 tactics that you use are quite boring. It's a lot about creating uh, spammy content and spammy links and that sort of thing. So, uh, for me, as like an SEO strategy, is is mainly uh, I focus a lot on on creating quality content. So content creation, I think, still is uh, like uh, the best way, and just create things that people enjoy to read. Uh, and uh, and also make sure that your website, of course, is is optimized uh, for for the the this indexing robots but uh, uh, yeah. in, in regards to the content um, question quality versus quantity um, I think in the long uh, long run I, I think uh, quality is uh, is better than than quantity um, Google is getting again here better better at uh, figuring out if it's good content or bad content. Um, so, uh, and it, it also has a little bit like, how, how do you want to be as a person? I mean, uh, do I enjoy uh, creating a lot of like spammy content? Like for me, it's no, no fun <laughs> at all. <laughs> like uh, setting up um, uh, like uh, shady websites and uh, well, not shady, but just spammy non they add no value to uh, to the user and uh, i think in the end you're just going to be uh, penalized for it so uh, yeah uh, yeah there's also the other aspect of it if you're not going to the spammy side at all but it's like should i do just one really good video like once a month or should i do every day something and and you know it's not so high production value of course of course, of course it needs to be still useful but, mm. but it's like, should I just uh, focus on a few things? Like, you know, previously companies were doing these trailers or TV ads and, and you know, that was like a high cost thing. You put a lot of money into it and then it's like a yeah. boof, you're out of budget. And, and, you know, if it doesn't work, then it works. Or should yeah. you just keep on doing a lot of stuff and experiment and, and then something will come out of it uh, yeah. and people just love something. <laughs> 
it, I think you should do uh, do uh, great quality content, but you should produce it as cheap as possible. Uh, so um, let's say, for example, if you're a company, you can create a podcast uh, and uh, you try to like we like one of our best marketing uh, tactics at Tessin was actually to create a, a, a podcast, of, podcast of our own. Uh, and uh, we had help from a, a podcasting company uh, that we have we had sponsored the podcast for for a few years and then we wanted them to create a podcast for us and uh, so uh, we uh, uh, we were the ones that were recruiting the interview interviewees I guess it calls um, and and we also made sure that the uh, that the interviews was held at our office. So we were in the real estate business. So we invited all like a lot of uh, interesting people from the real estate uh, space. Uh, we made them come to us. Like, like, how do you get a person to like you? Well, you ask them to talk about themselves and ask them a lot of questions. So, so just having them, them do the interview at us, they kind of saw that, okay, this is testing. They get... They created a small relationship with with Tessin, and uh, we also tried to uh, like when we chose the guests, especially in the beginning, uh, we chose guests based on the like their social m uh, media presence. Uh, so like if you are uh, if you got an interview, and and uh, you you're quite likely to share it and spread it and um, uh, so uh, so yeah so and we and and. We made sure to to. Uh, I think also when you're creating content, you should should uh, be quite regular. You should like if you're releasing once a month, you should try to keep that. That's uh, I don't know why, but it, it's been it's a bit important uh, rule to be to stay uh, to have like if you always say you're going to release on a Friday, then always release on a Friday. Uh, it's also the same applies to like newsletters and things. Uh, all to, to try to be consistent. Uh, but but the the whole thing with the podcast was like create high quality, but it should not uh, take too much time. Uh, so uh, like the interview, uh, like the recruiting things, we had the students doing that, uh, uh, and we had uh, outsourced the company to do the actually uh, cutting and and interview stuff. And then like if you create one piece of content, you can. Uh, like what we made sure that we um, we also uh, uh, took the the transcripts and and uh, so that was part of the deal from the company that they created the transcripts so that becomes a nice blog post and that's that is um, a good uh, search engine uh, food and I think that's a, that's really a good a good tip to like when you create a, create content try to use it for more things. Uh, like, uh, for example, um, uh, if you work with PR uh, and you create this really nice uh, PR piece that you are pushing to journalists, uh, maybe they pick it up or maybe they don't, but, but you can like try to reuse that content for other things because you, you paid for it and then you, you can, yeah, you should make the most value out of it. So that maybe can become like a blog post or uh, something later uh, same same thing with uh, like native advertisement like you you put a lot of uh, money in creating the content but then yeah 
try to reuse it. So it can go from like a PR to blog post to newsletter. Um, but yeah, uh, so to summarize, try create like high quality content, but uh, don't pay the price for it. Try to automate as much as possible. Try like have a process of creating this content uh, uh, so it it's not consumes you too much. So both worlds. Sounds like an IKEA plan. Yeah. <laughs> Bits and pieces you put together cheaply, but it kind of works and, and it's yeah. still good quality. Um, what is open source intelligence and how can you use that in a growth hacking situation? Yeah. Um, so um, uh, I kind of like, uh, you know, you are. Uh, you have these streaks of uh, you're hanging around on YouTube and you get really interested in a specific topic and then you just, just you know, just look at that type of topic. Uh, then you go I, deep dive and after four hours you come back. Yeah, but like I can have for weeks, I can have like, uh, there's a like, like primitive technology, a half naked guy going around the forest and, and just building stuff with his hands. That's one, one of those those deep types I've done for a few weeks. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't I like it. Nothing to do with the geopolitics. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, but, but yeah, for, for uh, um, quite some time, I was really interested in, um, in just like, uh, you know, internet security, computer security. And uh, there is a whole space with, with that, of course, on YouTube. And there is a, a YouTuber, his name is Rich. Uh, John Hammond, and he's very, he does these kind of capture the flag uh, exercises uh, where where somebody put up a computer and uh, uh, he he tries to hack it, and it's very informative and and uh, yeah. So I, um, and and within the field of penetration testing or security, there's there is a subfield called uh, open source intelligence, which is. Uh, Really, like, what kind of information can you get about a subject or a company from open data sources? Uh, it can be paid data sources, but it's like it's you, it's data that you can get that like without doing anything illegal, no hacking and stuff like that. It's just like how can you you acquire that uh, as much uh, data as possible about a, a subject? And uh, so it's very interesting and uh, there's, this is a whole field and they have a bunch of tools uh, that they use to, um, within this field. Um, and uh, I just realized like this, these tools are, can all actually also be very useful for, for growth hacking. Uh, this, like the tools and the mythology and the mindsets and, and, and things. So, uh, so let's say you are a company that sells a product and then you ask like, what is your uh, target audience? Like, who do you like? Let's say you're selling a thing to, and your your typical customers is the CMO of a company that, uh, yeah. Like, would it be useful to have the contact details of all the CMOs in all of Stockholm, for example? Uh, I think most companies, they can sit and just like ask themselves that question, like what would be the, the, the ultimate lead list, like some people that are in the market or things like that. And, um, that's something you, we, you know, 
all you do as a startup, you, you create some kind of uh, lead engine, like how can we intelligently get get uh, leads uh, and, and leads that are as rich as possible with contact details and everything. Um, so uh, so I just I just realized like that because that's something I've been doing for all of my companies, building these leads engines um, that try to from a huge uh, set of potential customers just figure out who is really in the market. Um, and yeah, so I just realized like these the, the tools that that are available for uh, for OSINT, those are exactly the tools that I, I need and some of them are we're using. Uh, those techniques are very, very useful for for creating your lead engine. Um, is there some concrete tip you can give or some example which is really concrete, something you can you know straight away do after listening to this podcast? Uh, yeah, but first of all, just like uh, in an unbiased way, just like if I had this, like this list of of uh, uh, of potential customers, what would it be? Uh, and then. Because a lot of things with growth hacking and it's, it's mostly about the mindset, like anything is possible. Uh, I just need to figure out why. So just have that mindset to figure out like, okay, if I had this this list, but then of course it's it's not only about having like the list of potential because you also need to figure out how you're going to approach them. Uh, like how, what because today is very, it's not as easy today as just sending an email. You, you're not going to get any customers like that. So you have to also, in like in part of this process, figure out how to um, how how to approach people. But 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 yeah, I I I think about the list. Uh, like who who is my ideal customer? Um, then you should figure out how can I get that list, and then there's where OSINT comes in, uh, and then figure out how to. Uh, what what is the best way for me to to approach it? So uh, so what we do, for example, at Tesla, we build our own growth engine, uh, leads engine, we call it. So we uh, it's based on a few open data sources uh, that we uh, and it's based on a, pay, a few very expensive paid data sources, and then we have this uh, an algorithm approach to to. Uh, to get the, all this data, mash it together, and uh, and uh, from that sort we get leads, uh, it's, uh, and then we Does have it do a, YouTube a, videos as well. Sorry. <laughs> does it do YouTube videos as well? No, that does not do YouTube videos. But um, <laughs> but uh, for example, then uh, we have a student that uh, comes in and just massages the the data, uh, the the contact data, and and then uh, those d- leads are fed into uh, our CRM system. So one of our sales uh, transaction um, uh, from the tra- the transaction team, they get like really high quality leads. So they uh, they so we again we are in the in the construction space. So like uh, in the detailed view, they see like what is this customer building right now? Uh, what is what has media said about this customer in the last media? So any data that. Uh, like any prospecting data that that, that they can find, uh, they get presented with there. So when they call, they can make a really like a warm call. They can say, "Oh, I saw your ad in this like local newspaper," uh, or "I see that you can 
So just try to, I, I don't think salespeople should do uh, prospecting. That should do, be done with code. Um, yeah, so try to figure out like how can you set up a pipeline like that? And it doesn't have to be very complicated, but it's just like how to automate it as much as uh, much as possible. Um, and then you can do some uh, like fun things with it. Uh, I've been really uh, interested in gamification, uh, so I've I've done some um, some fun things with that. We like uh, our sales team they. When there's an like the 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 best leads are the ones that comes from the website, um, and uh, so and also from within the organization. So like customer service maybe get get a good lead or something like that. So we've set up a system where um, uh, so if I have a lead that I want to give to the sales team, I email it to a, a certain email address, and and what happens is that that starts in Slack a an auction. So every day they get a, they get a couple of uh, of credits, uh, and the amount of credits you uh, you get is based on um, how many like activity or like uh, we reward people that do a lot of activity. They get a little bit more credits, and and then they actually have a small five minute auction where they can bid in Slack for to get that uh, that lead. And the highest bidder they get, then the email gets automatically routed to them. Uh, so fun things like that, uh, I think it's, uh, it's fun to, to, to make it, uh, and, uh, initially the, the sales team was a bit skeptical, but then after a while they found it was really fun. Uh, and it also makes it kind of democratic because, uh, otherwise the sales manager, he has to route differently. So we've done a, a lot of things like that. We also the leads from the leads engine you actually buy them in packages. So in Slack, you can say buy <laughs> leads and then you, so you buy them in, in, uh, in packs of 10 and uh, it has a daily supply and demand price. So it's, uh, uh, it goes up and up and down. But uh, so what's the currency? What, what is it for you? You know, how can you buy them? It's just out of your salary. Credit. No, no, no. It's the credits that you get every day. But uh, the sales manager can, of course, override it all and just say, like, give 100 leads to this person. But, uh, but yeah, so it's uh, uh, but I've open sourced the, the system. So you want to set up, set up something similar yourself. It's uh, on GitHub. But uh, yeah, it was a fun hack. Not really related to growth hacking, but, uh, but yeah, it was fun. Well, okay. while we had the gamification, uh, you've been doing that also in the culture building. Can you yeah. give some examples and ideas? Uh, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, from my, uh, uh, I've been part of a few startups and I've realized how important culture is. Um, so in the last company, Tessin, we really, really focused on building a strong culture and, and uh, yeah. So how many people you have in Tessin at the moment? So to give a uh, bit of background. It was 40, something like that. We have an office in Finland as well, um, a small office. So 40-ish. And you were starting in 2014 or yeah. around that time. Um, so, uh, I mean, the culture thing and testing, maybe it's not really, uh, we haven't done much gamification around the culture thing. I mean, uh, the, the Slack uh, auction thing, that's kind of uh, culture, culture thing. Uh, and we've done some like, uh, 
and that's just mostly for fun but i built uh, uh i experimented a lot with uh like at testing at my the company before testing was offerta and uh we shared office uh with uh like we have rented a big office and then we shared it out to other smaller companies just to share the costs uh but we were kind of responsible uh and when you share office with a lot of different companies the uh, it always looks like shit in the kitchen. Um, yeah, the dishwasher at least. The dishwasher, yeah. Uh, so I tried to like, how can I solve that in a in a fun way? Like, how can I make it into a game? So I came up with a system called Kitchen Reputation Points. So uh, and I tried different experiments with with how can you can you get people to do what you want uh, and make a game out of it. So I tried. Um, First uh, iteration was just like if you've done the dishes or like put on coffee or something like that, you just get one point. And uh, after a certain while, you uh, you know after a few months, the the one with the most points gets a PlayStation. Uh, and that worked kind of well, but it ended up with just two persons doing it, like competing, and everyone else just dropped out. Um, then it I was always it. fresh pot of coffee. Yeah, well, it was clean in the kitchen. But then uh, I've, I tried a lot of different iterations. I tried uh, uh, getting um, uh, just to, like for each point you get a, a, a lottery ticket uh, for an uh, air air balloon uh, trip. Uh, uh, I've tried. Uh, uh, what else like you just like if you 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 create two teams you sign up for a team and then uh if you do the dishes you're allowed to participate in for your team in a like a you know five uh, tic-tac-toe but five uh, in a row so that was fun so just different things just to if you like do it make it fun uh it's uh yeah it's 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 a gamification is a fun way to make people do what you want them to do. I'm actually kind of surprised that you didn't uh, take uh, facial recognition cameras and start to play around with you know automate that thing. Yeah, I I I I uh, did some uh, more high tech version of this at testing actually. Uh, I um, I had a period in my life that I was really interested into like. Uh, Arduinos and Raspberry Pis and stuff like that, and, and, and soldering and, and, and building. Uh, so I actually made a digital version of, um, also on GitHub, a uh, digital version of um, uh, the kitchen reputation system, uh, where I built a small device where you could you know, uh, select your name and then press enter, and it would register that uh, you know X had done the dishes, and it would turn up uh, in a Slack channel, so everybody could see that someone had done the dishes. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, that's also uh, open source. But uh, I had a lot of ideas of how to evolve it. But, uh, but yeah, you have to uh, have fun. Uh, but I think I mean, okay, so that that is part of uh, of of culture building a little bit. But I think the uh, I like to summarize like how to build a good, good uh, culture with like one word, and that's just transparency. Um, 
So if you are transparent with your employees, uh, then that I think that's gonna uh, create for a strong foundation. So like how we did it at testing is uh, like simple things. We've had we always had uh, like TVs in every room with dashboards. Like these are the goals that we're achieving. Uh, so they in real time can follow the progress of the company. Uh, so what are the metrics, for example, does, is, it, is it how brutal transparency it is for things? Because sometimes, you know, some things are transparent and, and maybe the most important things are not transparent. Well, you, 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 you want to have like actionable metrics. You, you can separate metrics in, in vanity metrics and actionable metrics. And vanity metric is like number of users uh, you have on the website for a given day. And those can be really fun. So you should include some of them as well. I mean, it, it's, it is a nice feeling that you have like a record in a number of, of users for a certain day. But actual metric is, is could be like a, your conversion rate or something that you, like if we if, uh, improve this metric, it's, uh, it's sustainable, it, it keeps on giving, right? So, so yeah, it really depends on the, on the business, but um, try to have a good mix with vanity metrics and, 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 and actionable metrics, but... Uh, Did uh, you include leading indicators as well? No. Uh, what do you mean leading indicators? Like, sort uh, of a trend where, we, where you're going, not just, you know, the, what's happening now, but like, like that, okay, if, if we keep on doing like today, next month or week or whatever the period, you know, we, we, this is what's going to happen. So you can pick up stuff earlier on. Yeah, I mean, uh, um, we try to like, because as a company, we always have like sales goals and, 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 and different goals like that. Or if you have taken funding, maybe you have a goal like next batch of capital is when we achieve this amount of users. So I like to use, uh, use like burn down charts. So you have a goal and you can see like, like where are we in terms of sales and like you have a straight line is where you should be. And then you can either be over and under. Um, so uh, some, something like that. It's also like really nice to, um, uh, to, to motivate sales, for example, uh, to have like, if somebody done a sale for a new deal, just put it on the board. Like we put a, a testing has changed quite a lot since we IPO'd. So like uh, nowadays we are, uh, because of compliance, we're not allowed to be as transparent. But in the beginning, we, we had a Slack channel with like every time somebody created a new deal in Pipedrive, uh, it it became a story, a, a ticket in 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 um, uh, in Slack, and the whole company just joined in and to share on like uh, um, like good job and and as small things like that to to unify the company. Um, so yeah, the dashboard for for transparency, just as much data as you're comfortable sharing with your your uh, employees. Uh, we have. Um, uh, like we did f from the start, we've done stand-up with the whole company, like 15-minute stand-ups for everyone, including the management, just telling what they did today and what they're going to do. And what they did yesterday, what they're going to do today. Uh, we did, uh, like every month, we don't do uh, have a, what we call beers and brags, where uh, like every department just uh, have one, one uh, just telling uh, something awesome that they've done. 
So we're taking a lot of things from from uh, like the software world, from Agile, and just impl uh, 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 implemented it for the whole company. Take the best pieces of, of uh, Scrum and uh, OKRs and, and just like, yeah. So I, I think, um, but yeah, just the whole transparency part. Like uh, we also, like every month, the my co-founder Jonas, the CEO, he 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 did like uh, like like a full report for everyone, uh, the finances and yeah, as much transparency as you can. That that creates a really good uh, foundation for uh, good culture. Uh, and then we've added some other pieces. We've tried to like have a have a like a theme uh, around uh, like healthy living. So like our kickoffs have been like uh, climbing a mountain or uh, going mountain biking or it's always been it's always something like sporty sporty adventure and like we we made a thing out of uh, only having like healthy stuff uh, uh, like uh, avocados and fruits and berries and stuff. Uh, some companies they give they hire really smart people and then they give them like sugar and crap and then think that they're going to be smarter but um so we we try to make things out of that so all, the, all those small pieces create for a good culture are there any cross hacks uh, from you for recruiting and building the company team wise well recruiting is really hard um especially in the space that i've operated in uh like techno technology and uh and marketing uh it's really really hard um uh it's been becoming even more harder uh so one hack is to if you find good people make sure that they are really happy and that they stay working for you um uh, so that's one hack i guess i think in terms <laughs> of uh, of re recru recruiting is hard like even if you have some you have interviewed someone and re you really like this person um you know it's still a, a bet right so um so uh, how, how, what's your process been doing that you know already three companies uh, and and still counting so, and and you I, I guess you've been having a lot of different processes different ways of doing that so what is your best practices at this point yeah so um <laughs> one part is just like oh it's a bet and and uh, we have to work a while to make sure uh, to see if we're a good fit, but but I, I try to focus uh, uh, a lot of, of like is this a good um, cultural fit, um, and we do that by uh, so we have a, like a normal interview process. We've uh, tried to uh, uh, in the beginning all of us three founders uh, testing. We always interviewed everyone. Uh, um, that do that separately or together? Separately. Uh, that's yeah, definitely separately. Uh, but that is is not possible anymore. There's like no, it's very costly as well. Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's we probably have like one interview every day, so that that's gonna be too much. But um, uh, nowadays we just like take uh, if if someone in the in the dev team, uh, yeah, we so, like. Apart from the manager, we have like uh, another developer that does the interview, and then someone from the like complete outside of the organization. Um, 
So, but but yeah, I think the most important part in our process with uh, like beyond just the normal interview uh, process is to have a uh, like we try to always do like a one full day interview day, and it's not really like an interview. It's more like a like hang around with the team for a day. Uh, so we uh, we start the day with uh, like having breakfast together. Uh, and we, we have lunch together and, and I think that is really the important part just ha breaking bread together and just like you know do everybody get the feeling that this is a person that is going to be a, a good fit in the team and then we try to uh, so instead of just doing like, like whiteboarding sessions or stuff like that we we try to take to do a task where the whole team is involved so we normally just work on you know something that we need to do and try to involve the, the the candidates in that in that process and just try to simulate as much as possible of how it's going to be to work together and uh, i think that is a very very good approach that works that work well um another thing is in terms of, of uh, when i was in uh, working in on the marketing side uh, for testing it was very difficult to find um, people with the like had any experience like if you you know let's say you need some experience in uh, adwords or facebook or something like that it it's very difficult to get people with like it's difficult to get the uh, find developers but marketing people can be even harder and if you find find one it's not 100% sure that um, you know they know a small piece but uh, that piece is going to cost you quite a lot. Like the salaries become quite high for skills. That's really, you know, uh, really uh, not that difficult to acquire. Um, and at testing, I had especially difficult with like some marketing support staff because the domain that we're in, like finance and and real estate, if you don't have an interest for that, then you're not going to enjoy creating content for it or uh, stuff like that. So, so what I figured out was to uh, just take a smart person and train them myself. Um, so we ha we've always had like a student trainee program with uh, like uh, there's a uh, in and the, the university in Stockholm K KTH um, uh, they have like a real estate uh, engineer. Uh, Oh no, it's not. Yeah, it's real estate engineer, economic, uh, real estate finance program or something like that. So we've always had like a big, um, like one or two uh, students from there, uh, uh, and, and and many of them become employees. So uh, and uh, and it's like it's a tough program, and and so the, if you 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 can graduate from it, you're you're a smart person probably. Um, so uh, yeah, I, tr I I I stole one of those students and just uh, convinced uh, uh, this person in particular to to uh, to become uh, marketing uh, like have the, the the two skills like real estate and marketing and uh, she was really good and uh, uh, yeah so, so sometimes you have to develop your own talent uh, because it's uh, yeah uh, it's easier. Um, well, how about finding co-founders? You've been building this company, so yeah. do they find you or do you find them? Or what's the secret in, in, in that part of the company? Yeah, the, uh, finding, 
co-founder is really the it's really hard part and a lot of companies that i uh, uh, that i coach or like friends that I, like I, I a lot of times i get a get a like how do i find a co-founder especially a technical co-founder can be really difficult but i've been lucky like um uh, uh, the Oferta that I started after university, that I co-founded after university. It, it uh, was can you tell actually what the company is doing? So, just just briefly, that you know. Yeah. Okay. So um, the first company that I participated in was at when I was at university. I studied computer science in Linköping, and that was uh, with uh, with Jonas, who is now also a co-founder of Tessin. Um, and we did like a, an app store for the smartphones of that uh, era. It was before the, the, the Apple app store. So it was uh, Symbian and Nokia. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Sony Ericsson. Um, so we had developers from all over the world that uploaded their software to our system. We were in an incubator in Lean Shopping. Uh, and uh, we had a lot of fun, learned a lot, but... Uh, we had this, uh, if we build it, they will come mentality. So it so was- they did uh, not come. Sorry? Did they yeah. come? Uh, yeah, uh, they did not come, no, no, really. Um, <laughs> uh, and I mean, uh, that, that, okay, so a good example there is that me and Jonas, we, I, I was at in the end of my studies and he was kind of in the beginning. So we were not, uh, we ended up, Ended up uh, for different reasons. We ended up uh, not running that company uh, any further. But uh, and, and as that was the main reason was we we were in different stages of life. Um, I I had finished. I needed to have you know food on the table. Um, my wife had uh, a job in. Well, my now wife uh, had had a job in Stockholm. She wanted to move to Stockholm, um, and Jonas was about to go to South America. So yeah, it it. Really, a good co-founder is also someone kind of close to you in in a life situation. Like if if you have if you are co uh, like one co-founder have kids and you like you might uh, want to work differently, different hours. Uh, so yeah, be in the same stage of life. Um, yeah. So the story. Okay. So after Mobigear, after the studies in uni in Lean Shopping, I uh, worked three years for Motorola. Uh, worked. Uh, that's my only three years working for someone else. Um, uh, I was working with IPTV uh, in in the market and product department. Uh, we uh, I was responsible for creating uh, interfaces for uh, for these setup boxes, um, and uh, normally the customers created their own um, uh, interfaces, but. Um, uh, when Motorola was going to trade shows, they needed to have their own interface to to show what the setup box could do, and so I was responsible for creating those uh, demos and uh, went around the world to show them. So I was in every year. I had three uh, shows that I needed to work to get stuff ready for. So it was uh, uh, Las Vegas. Um, for CES, uh, it was uh, 3GSM in Barcelona and then uh, uh, one in Amsterdam. And they were like spaced out during the year. And uh, so I had to uh, work my ass off, get to the, the show, present my demo like 10,000 times, go home, crash, and then start over to the next uh, trade show. 
So, but uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun uh, and uh, did that for three years. But then um, another friend from, from Lean Shopping, uh, who, uh, um, his, his name is Jens, he, uh, he approached me and he had uh, had this idea for Ferda. He had been in New Zealand and he, uh, he had seen some kind of manual, uh, like a board where people put up, uh, like, like, I need a carpenter or I need a cleaning person or something like that. And he wanted to make it like a digital version of that, so he um, he uh, he got together a team to do to do that. And and uh, first I said no, I didn't want to participate because I thought uh, that the it was not interesting technical wise. Um, but then uh, he came to my uh, uh, my wife's uh, birthday party, and uh, late at night when having drink too much, he convinced me uh to uh, to join the company and uh that was uh, uh right after i had been at one of those trade shows and i have like completely uh crashed uh, so he was broke. hacking you he was just yeah. <laughs> finding the sweet spot where you're the weakest and, and yeah. you couldn't say no so i was bur really burnt out and and wanted I needed to do something else so that's when i joined uh, that team and um uh, my role there was a cto and Oferta is, yeah, this is this marketplace where you can uh, uh, get, uh, like if you need a, a, a carpenter, for example, you go there and you, you, you create your inquiry, uh, upload some photos, and then it gets with the database with uh, different carpenters get, and they can give you bids and you can manage it and that sort of things. Uh, so I stayed there for, for seven years um, as the CTO. And that's also where I, uh, uh, I really got interested in, 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 uh, in growth hacking and, and digital marketing, especially SEO. And, uh, we were doing SEO, uh, as a, like, as a project and, um, uh, and, and I, I really needed to have some tools in Excel and that's how SEO tools for Excel got started. Um, and I just created like a new blog, uh, and I needed to put something on the blog. So I. I just uploaded the tool to to my to that blog um, to have content. To have content, <laughs> yeah, right. Just share it with the world. Quality content. Uh, and then, like uh, uh, six months goes, and and I I start to hear that people are talking about this tool and and, and like a, a trade show at SEO conferences around the world. And it was one uh, quite like one of the most famous SEO people. Um, he had blogged about it and talked about it a lot. So. Suddenly, I see a lot of traffic to my uh, to to that site, and and that really gave me uh, a lot of energy to uh, to uh, continue working on it. Uh, like it's it's as a developer, you it's really fun to have people using your product, uh, and uh, so so yeah, that's it has been a, like a side gig for for the last ten years, and uh, now a friend of mine is 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 running it. But, uh, but yeah, but it's been a very successful uh, side gig. Uh, and then, uh, so we were talking about co-founders. So yeah, so, so Jens was really just like a friend uh, from university. And uh, we've always been like the common interest at university. We're talking about uh, like uh, startups and, you know, we've had that shared interest. Um, it was really interesting and discussing like when I was doing Mobile Gear with one 
one person that was really interested in that. And um, uh, so, uh, so yeah, I most co-founders like that I've worked with has been friends, like, uh, and uh, and you're still friends. Yeah, we're still friends, but uh, I was gonna come to that is that like so should you start company for your friends and and uh, it's a uh, uh, trick question it's a very <laughs> trick question because like you you see it you you it's kind of you say um like having a, a co-founder it's like it's married without the fucking uh right you you kind of uh uh from like socializing uh, off outside of work, uh, you stop doing that. But I mean, okay, you do a lot of socializing in work, and you go out and eat and stuff like that. But it's not re- really the same. It's not like you you continue to do uh, like uh, family dinners with the girlfriends, uh, stuff like that. It it uh, um, of course you do some of it, but it, it's not the same. You're not. Uh, it's not. Um, uh, and and also like after if like if you don't uh, if when you stop working together like uh, for all of my cases I have had different co-founders uh, and you kind of like uh, become they become your ex-wife sort of like you you can meet and uh, you you can be really friendly and and you you know I, I have like Jens for example we have lunch uh, you know a few a few times a year and and stuff like that but it's not 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 the same. It's not like uh, we are, uh, like, I would not call him, say, uh, should we go out to uh, see a movie, for example. Uh, I might call him to, like, have a, a lunch and discuss some business ideas, for example, to get his feedback or something. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's a li- so, so, yeah, if you start friends, if you start company with all of your friends, then uh, it's... Uh, the relationship changes at least uh, to something else, so you have to be prepared for that. But also the like, the thing with the co-founder is you you're if you don't know the person, you, um, I mean, it's not sure that you're going to work together. It's, it's really the uh, the thing that can grow. Like if you don't have the same attitude towards work, for example, that's really like a common thing. Uh, like how it turns bad um and uh so let's say you always want to work a sunday and 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 they are not prepared to do that or they have kids and you know the, the my co-founders at tessin who is the company that came after ferda uh i i, I co-founded that with, with jonas from the mobile gear and a, a guy called eric and we were really in the same stages of life and uh, we had the same, like the same needs for, for, uh, like, yeah. And, and it, it, that has probably been my most successful partnership so far with Jonas and Eric. We've, we, uh, I think what made that a really strong partnership is that we are, uh, in terms of, of, of skills, we, we all are like really good at our different areas. Like Eric is a lawyer uh me and like some tech and marketing jonas and the whole management side like we've we've always had our domains uh and 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 shared uh like the entrepreneurship but 
but yeah, we have, we've, we've uh, another thing that's wrong with us is that we we can say that like we uh, between maybe not today, but when we started the company, like between our, our three, we had all the skills to run the entire company. Uh, so let's say you, I mean, uh, technical co-founder is, is very difficult to find. And, and if you have to, to pay for developers and, and you, that, that can be really expensive, but so yeah, best way to have like a, a core team that, that has the necessary skills. Uh, what about then the financial partners? So taking other people's money, take VC or not take VC angels. What's your take on the funding side of the company? Um, yeah, ideally, you 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 have no investors. Um, it, uh, I mean, you're you have to play the the cards that you have. So, in in in, I mean, then now it would be easy for me to say that, like testing, for example, we took in took in too much capital uh, too early. Uh, so you mean that you diluted too much? So yeah, we diluted too much, but we were also in the stage where, like, I had uh, at that point, I had not uh, sold any of my uh, Oferta shares. Uh, so and I had two kids, and I had a house that I needed to, or an apartment. It was that then uh, I needed to pay, and so uh, so all of us were in the, that kind of stage where we had kids, or we had a. a we had we needed a salary um so and that was a need from like if you're a student you can live on like almost nothing right uh but if you if you you have built up a kind of a foundation uh and a, and a, you have a you have bills to pay then it's it's uh that becomes uh, a part of the equation um so, so yeah, we, we needed to, to have, uh, to, to have initially, uh, have a salary and, and that kind of guided us to like, if we would be able to not take a salary, uh, then, uh, we would probably not have to take in uh, that much capital in the beginning. Uh, and that would have been a lot stronger and it probably would have been better for the case in the long run, because it's, um, the amount of equity that you have on the floor, uh, is is really important for when you are trying to raise the follow on run rounds. You always have to think about the round that's coming after. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I, like try to bootstrap as much as possible. Um, for five star, I have a little bit different approach. Now I've uh, I financially in a, in a better position, so I can bootstrap a lot of this myself. Um, I have, it's, it's mainly the main competence is, uh, that's needed is, uh, development, like programming skills. Uh, so I can do a lot of the work myself. Uh, and if I, if I need, I can outsource some parts, but I can do it. I don't have to have like Swedish developers. I've done a lot of outsourcing for, from, um, uh, from other countries. Uh, and, uh, I know how to speak their language and, uh, to be really scrappy and so i think uh, like if i can my goal is with file stores to to, uh, to bootstrap through the product market fit phase and then have a if i want to go that way i have a 
a really strong case going forward. But uh, but yeah, so to answer your question, like uh, if you can, uh, don't take any VC, but uh, it, and and uh, only take VC if you can take VC when it when it's uh, uh, when you figure out the the main gears of the the business model, and then you it's just like use it to scale up uh, to go faster than anyone else. But um, yeah, it's 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 a difficult question really to like how much VC, and it's not not like you can always choose like. Uh, uh, it's a hard work uh, to get funding. It's a lot of hard work. So a lot of people underestimated how how much work it is. Uh, it can easily take uh, hundred percent of your time for uh, six months to get funding. Um, so uh, so yeah, and uh, I mean, make sure you. There's always a lot of talk that you're gonna get uh, like smart money that people that you're getting anything else than and than money. But in my in my experience, uh, there is it's always the like nobody is gonna spend as much time as yourself in your business. So you're always gonna be like hundred uh, percent into that domain, whereas like somebody else that spends maybe one or two hours. Every month on your case is not going to be uh, uh, able to help out that much. Um, so I think uh, uh, hands-off investors are uh, my preferred. <laughs> um, what is your favorite word? My favorite word. Um, uh, a couple of years ago, I read. So my favorite word is probably pragmatic. I try to be pragmatic in everything I do, uh, and I, I, uh, I read a book, really good book, uh, called uh, "The Pragmatic Programmer." Um, so if you are a programmer, uh, that's like a really good book. But yeah. So just a curious. This is not a next question, but it's like, what is a idealistic programmer? Is there such a thing? <laughs> Mm. An idealist, of course, there are idealistic programmers, but uh, um, can I give you a good example? Uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't know what I would that would be, but uh, well, uh, let's go to the next question then. Uh, what is the least? What is your least favorite word? Uh, I have to use two words, but uh, but uh, not possible. When people tell me, ah, it's not possible. Uh, it's like everything is possible. It's just amount of time. So, uh, and I think that's the strength for me, like working with developers when, when they tell me that something is not possible. I, you know, it's always possible. Um, yeah. What turns you on creatively, spiritually or emotionally? Uh, I'm a very, I, I like, I'm a very creative person. I, I, uh, I really love to learn new things, to learn um, learn new tools on how to be creative. So like uh, now, I was uh, at a holiday last week, and I decided to start learn like three D modeling uh, with Blender. And uh, yeah, I cannot have more fun than that. Just taking a new thing and just learn. Uh, just watching YouTube videos, tutorials, and just and I I don't have anything I'm gonna use it for. It's just I want to learn it. So yeah, that's really, 
and I, and like in in every like if I start a new company, like a part of the decision of to start that company is like will there be new learnings for me? So then when we started testing, for example, I uh, uh, I said okay this time I'm going to be the CMO because I want to learn more about that. I was into into like growth hacking and I want to deep down, and they told me my co-founders, hey, you have to also be the CTO because otherwise we don't have a CTO. So, uh, but uh, but yeah, so learn new things. What turns you off? Uh, like I really don't like uh, negative people that can really drain my my energy and I get really affected by, by negativity. Uh, it's the easiest way to make me hostile is to be negative. What is your favorite curse word? My favorite curse word. It has to be Godverdomme. Um, I have a Dutch, that's Dutch for damn it. Uh, I have a Dutch, my parents are from Holland. And the good thing with that word is that I can say it aloud at home. And even if my two kids learn it, then, uh, you know, they can repeat it at school and nobody knows what it means. So it has a nice ring to it as well. What sound or noise do you love? What sound or noise do I love? Uh, hmm. Uh, my my oldest daughter, uh, Julia, she's quite uh, picky with her food. And uh, but when she does eat something uh, that she likes, she does this mm -hmm sound. And it's my uh, my grandmother did that as well, so that's really nice to hear. Because then we know that she's gonna eat. <laughs> what sound or noise do you hate? Oh. Um, so I, I'm a very, really avid mountain biker, and uh, when you have your uh, derail or not aligned really with the the whole drivetrain, it makes this like the chain can jump from one cog to another and it's really annoying sound uh that has to be a my yeah not a not a good what profession other than your own would you like to attempt uh i think it would be really cool to be an astronaut that uh i like to go to mars that would be really cool what profession would you not like to do um I think I would be a really bad doctor. Uh, when I was younger, I, uh, I was really uh, like my father really wanted me to be a doctor. So I, I studied really hard and got like I had the grades to 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 become a doctor. But then I saw like a documentary, uh, and it was like a you know eye operation, and I really I, I realized I uh, I will never become a doctor because. I'm, I'm uh, in Swedish, it's called Ekelmagad, uh, like squeamish. And I, I really can't stand uh, like people, like on the movies when they cut into people. Uh, I, I, so that uh, was like an eye opener for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, no, I would be a really bad doctor because I, I think the, the inside of the human is uh, disgusting. <laughs> if you could be a co-founder of any startup in any era, which one would you choose? Uh, it would be, I, I like to be part of uh, Theranos, you know, the blood testing company, uh, but without the scams, 
uh, I think. So what's left? Yeah, maybe. But I, I would, if they would also be successful in creating the technology, uh, I think that something I've given a lot of thought about is that, like, when human uh, are able to create a technology where they can do blood testing in a way that it's easy to do, like every day, uh, and you could maybe like three D print or exactly tell. Uh, what it would be the optimal uh, food or medicine or whatever, uh, that would be really a game changer to human health. Uh, so they had the, the vision was right, but the implementation was wrong. And uh, yeah, that would be really cool. But m I would not enjoy the whole the whole scam part. Any final words to the audience? Uh, learn to code uh it's never it's always it can be useful in any any profession and it's like you can use it as a superpower so yeah learn to code it's fun and useful thanks so much needs uh there was so much stuff there you know we packed in a one and a half hours so many insights and uh, so many growth hacking stories and so many good stuff yeah thank you thank you for watching as well the audience and uh, till next time